as the catechism of the church says. Our, our goal, our ministry, our aim is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So uh, praise God you've been able to join with us today and worship the Lord and uh, just to seek God together. Pray for His blessing upon your life, your family, your community and uh, your, your nation wherever you're from, that God will pour out his spirit in these last days, strengthen the church, that the church will arise and be strong and glorious and be all that Jesus wants us to be as he is the head of the church and we are the body. May we act like the body of Christ. May we be strong in the Lord. May we be full of his presence. May we be full of his power, full of the Holy Spirit, and strengthened by the Holy Spirit and do the works of Jesus. Uh, we are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says we have been redeemed not by gold or silver, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That is, we've been bought back to the Father by the blood of Christ. We've been brought into the family of God and we are the saints of God. That's what the Bible says. We are the saints of God. We are redeemed by the Lord. We are in the family of God. If you are a born-again Christian, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are in the family of God. We're walking with God. We know God and we know His fellowship. We know that we are hand-in-hand hand with the Father. We're not going through life on our own. Amen. We're not going through life aimlessly. We have a purpose. We have a plan. We have a fulfillment uh, and we have got the Lord walking with us, guiding us. Praise God for the Holy Spirit who's in us, our strengthener, our standby, the one who's called alongside to help you and assist you and encourage you and teach you. So praise God that we are not alone. As the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord, as the, the psalmist said, the Lord was on our side. If the Lord had not been on our side, we would have been taken away. The Lord is with us. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side, we would have been taken out. Praise God. We're still here today. Amen. We're still here. Jesus Christ is in us. And this is a reality we need to just, just uh, focus on this morning, is that it's Christ in us. The Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God is in the church. Christ is in the church and he is in you. The Bible says the Lord comes to dwell in you by his spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of Jesus. And he is in us, empowering us, equipping us with every good thing that is ours in Jesus Christ. And uh, praise God, he's with us and in us. And he's wanting to equip us. But things, friends, don't just happen we have to enter into them with persistence. We have to enter into them by faith. We have to receive all that God has for us by faith. And to enter into the promised land and go and take possession of all the good things that God has for us. So um, I have a, a great word for you this morning, an encouraging word. And it's found in the, the uh, first epistle of John, not the gospel of John, but the epistle of John. And I'm going to be reading from chapter 3. Um, so if you've got a Bible with you or you just want to listen, um, I'm going to read some, some verses of Scripture to you this morning. This is 1 John chapter 3. Uh, not the Gospel of John, but the, the, the letters of, of John. 
And uh, this is 1 John chapter 3. And just before chapter 3, we have um, a few verses in chapter 2. So I'm uh, just going to give you um, those few verses. And this passage is entitled, The Children of God. And uh, so that's 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of God. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Praise God. We'll just leave that there for now. So this passage is encouraging us, especially verse 3. He says, How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Amen. So this is the love of the Father. He is lavishing His love on His church. He's lavishing His love on His people. And the Bible says that we are the children of God. Friends, do you know what that means to be a child of God? And praise God, we can know Him as Father and we can know Him as the child. And that's what the scripture tells us here, that we are the sons of God. We are the children of God. We are the anointed of the Lord, as John tells us later in his, in his writing, that we've been anointed by the Holy One. We've been chosen by God. We are blessed by God. But can we just this morning comprehend, comprehend how great this love is? Now, how was this love manifest? God loved us by sending His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world to be crucified, to die on a cruel cross, so that He will take the sin of the world, He will take your sins and my sins and the sins of the world on His cross, on the cross of Calvary, and bear the sins of the world. Praise God, this is exactly what Jesus did. He was hanging on the cross, hanging between heaven and earth, and He was taking our sins, taking all our filth, taking all our wayward ways, taking all our darkness, taking all our bad habits, taking all away all evil that is within our hearts. And there He is on the cross of Calvary, being crucified to take away the sins of the world. Praise God that Jesus came and He was crucified on a cruel cross for you and for me, for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. Christ was the Lamb of God. As John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, this is the real problem is sin. The real problem is not the virus, is not the pandemic. The real problem is sin 
in our world. That is the real problem. People say, oh, I just can't wait for the virus to go away. Can't wait for this COVID-19 to disappear. But the real problem is our sin. And Jesus came to deal with the sin problem and deal with it once and for all on the cross. There he is hanging on the cross, taking the sins of the world and redeeming us, buying us with his blood. That blood that was poured out on the cross of Calvary to save us and wash our sins away and redeem us to God so that we could know the Father. Amen. So that we could have fellowship with the Father. And the scripture says our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. John tells us this in his writings. Our fellowship is with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. The God we serve is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Triune God, one God, but triune personality. Three in one, a mystery to us because we're human. We don't understand the divine. But God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And our fellowship is with the Father. And we are the sons of God. And we have fellowship with the Father. He's called us into fellowship with Him, to love Him, to serve Him, to follow Him, to walk with Him through this life and through all eternity. Hallelujah. We can love the Lord, not only now, but for all eternity. And every child of God has that privilege is to love and to serve God now, but also for all eternity. I love what this brother told me recently. He says, I just say to the Lord, Lord, I am yours forever. And he says, I just know that pleases the heart of God. What a great prayer. What a great confession is to say, I am yours forever, Lord. Not just for this life, but for eternity and for all eternity of eternities. We can know the Father. We can have our sins forgiven if we repent turn away from our sins, we receive the love of the Father. And what John is trying to get us to see, he says, see how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us. And I was trying to think about, you know, this word lavished. And I was thinking about some of the mountains of the world. Maybe we could take the Alps in the summer. And the beautiful high peaks and beautiful high mountains. But there comes a time where the spring and the summer begins to change to go into the autumn and the winter. And suddenly the snow begins to fall on those mountains. And the snow continues to fall on those mountains. And it's now in the depth of winter. And the snow is still falling. And in places you have a couple of feet of snow. In other places you have five feet of snow, maybe 10 feet, maybe 20 feet of snow. And here is the mountains have been lavished with the snow. And friends, this is the same. Is, is John is saying, we need to know today how great the love of the Father is, that, that God loves you so much. And he says in the Old, Test Old Testament, I've loved you with an everlasting love. So the love of the Father has been poured out on us. And in Romans 5, verse 5, it says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. He is the one who brings the love of the Father into our hearts so that we can be loved by God. That we can spend time in His presence, receiving His love, being built up in fellowship with the Father, knowing the Father, having fellowship with Him. The fellowship is with the Father and with the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Praise God, we are not alone. Everywhere you go, you have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit with you. God dwells in us by His Spirit, and He reveals the Father. So we now have a relationship with our Father in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. So that is how He taught us to pray. We're not praying to Jesus. We're not praying to any angels. We're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. Pray to the Father in my name. And you can ask anything in my name. You can uh, ask the Father because you are in relationship with the Father. So we need to grow in our relationship with God and in our fellowship with the Father. So just know this morning that God has lavished you with His love. And there are times when we just don't feel loved. There are times when we just feel away from the Father. Or we just don't feel uh, that we are close to the Lord. But this does not change that the love of the Father towards you. If you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a dark period in your life, you can still know that the Scripture says His love is constant, that God will never take His love away from you. He has loved you with an everlasting love. So we, we, we just cultivate that love with the Father. Just know this this morning, that God loves you, and His heart is towards you. God loved us so much, that he sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might know him and fellowship with him and share in this intimacy with the Father and share the love of God and be built up in this love. And here we see in Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 through to 20, he says, I keep asking the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give us this, this love that is so high that is so deep, that is so wide, that is so incredible, the whole world cannot contain His love. He says, I keep praying that this love will be manifested in your life. If you want to turn with me just quickly to this wonderful passage in Ephesians chapter, chapter 3 and see this great prayer that you can pray over your life every day, that you will be filled with this love. So this is the prayer of Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. He says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with all power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp, listen to this now, how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. God wants us to be filled with his love. This prayer is all about knowing the love of the Father, the height, the depth, the length, the breadth, the abundance of His love in your life, that you might know this love that surpasses knowledge. Now what this is telling us is that God's love is even on a higher level than just knowledge. Now we need a knowledge of God, we need a knowledge of the world in which we live in, and thank God for knowledge, but the Bible also talks about a superior wisdom, and it is wisdom from the Spirit, which the Bible describes as revelation, or wisdom, or revealing 
of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can help you to understand how much God loves you, but he can also increase that love and increase the revelation. So he says that you might be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Isn't that incredible that God wants us to be filled with him, infused with his power, infused with the Holy Spirit, and full of the Holy Spirit, and knowing the love of the Father. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us so that we might be the sons of God. But not only is he lavishing his love on us and pouring out a relationship with us and that we can walk in and develop every day as Adam and Eve walked with the Lord in the cool of the garden. Every day they walked with the Lord. When it came to the cool of the day, the Lord God came into the garden and they walked with the Lord. Make sure you take time to walk with the Lord, spend time with Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples, could you not tarry with me for one hour? Take time out of your busy schedule so you can spend time cultivating your relationship with the Lord. Is anything more important than your relationship with the Lord? Is there anything in your life that is more important than your relationship with Jesus? Take time to develop your walk with the Lord. Get time to know Him and fellowship with Him and grow in that relationship. Nothing just happens in the kingdom. If you sow a seed, you're going to reap a plant. If you sow into the kingdom, you're going to reap back from the kingdom. If you give to God, He's going to give back to you. You'll never outgive the Lord. If you bless the Lord, He is going to bless your life. That's how it works, friends. In the kingdom of God, every promise is yes and amen, but the amen must be spoken by us. And every promise is, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. But if you don't draw near to me, don't expect God to draw near to you. Our responsibility, our Christian responsibility, is as I draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. How close do you want to be with Jesus? How close do you want to have fellowship with him? And so we draw near to the Lord, he'll draw near to us. All the promises of God, seven or so thousand of them are yes and amen. We speak the amen. So we want to grow and nothing just happens. So we have to put some effort into this and walk with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord. When the Lord God came in the cool of the day, Adam and Eve walked with him and had fellowship with him every day. That's right, every day of their lives they, they built that relationship and they grew in the love and in the fellowship of the Father. But not only do we grow in our relationship with God, but this also tells us here in this passage how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the sons of God. So friends, there was a time in your life when you were not in fellowship with God. There, is a, there was a time in your life when you were not in the kingdom of God. The Bible says there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness or the domain of darkness and there's the kingdom of light. So there's the kingdom of Satan and there is God's kingdom. So there is a very clear distinction that Satan's kingdom is the kingdom of darkness. God's kingdom is the kingdom of light. And so there, the Bible tells us that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We've been brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Once we were sinners, once we were hell-bent, once we were bound by Satan and his forces of evil, and we were in his domain, but by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God, 
by the cross of the Lord Jesus, we've been translated. We've been transferred into God's kingdom, which is the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of love, which is the kingdom of power, which is the kingdom of grace, which is an everlasting kingdom, which will have no end. Can you say, praise God for that? God's kingdom will never end. Well, we know that Satan will be bound and thrown into the lake of fire. Despite what he's trying to tell everybody in the world, the Bible says he will be bound and he will forever be in the lake of fire. That day will come soon and that is all in God's timing. So he is coming to a, a terrible end. But Jesus' kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. What kingdom do you want to be part of? Do you want to be part of a kingdom that is death and destruction? Or do you want to be part of a kingdom that is eternal and everlasting? The choice is ours. God always gives us a choice. And he always says to us, you know, which do you want to choose? Death or life? Heaven or hell? Christ or Satan? He always gives us the choice. He didn't make robots. He gave us a free will. And anybody who's wise, anybody who's got good wisdom and understanding will choose the kingdom of light will want to go God's way and not their own way, and lead to the, which will lead to destruction, but to go into God's kingdom and to know the Lord and fellowship with the Lord and be strengthened by the Lord and know His love and receive His love in our lives. So what does He say here? Is He's lavished this love on us and He is calling us the children of God. Now, not everybody is a child of God, despite what the Pope is saying. The Pope is saying that everybody is a child of God. That is not true. It does not say that in the Bible. The Bible says we've all been created by God. He made us and He formed us in our mother's womb. So He made us in, in, in His likeness in our mother's womb. So we are, you know, we, we, He is our Creator, but not everybody is in the kingdom of light. There are plenty of people in the kingdom of darkness, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, there are lots of people not serving the Lord. There are lots of people in sin. There's lots of people in the domain of darkness. And by the grace of God, we want to tell them about the truth. We want to tell them about Jesus to get into the right kingdom. You know, if your bus is going over a cliff, do we want to stay in that bus? No way. We want to get off the bus Get on to the right bus that's heading to heaven because there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. We're all going to make that choice, friends, in life. We're going to choose Jesus, choose Christ, choose heaven and shun the darkness that is always trying to catch up with us and say no to the darkness, no to, to, to the things of darkness and walk with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord. So that, that means you've got to get translated the only way we get translated is through the cross of Jesus, is through the blood of Jesus, is we receive forgiveness and ask him to forgive us as soon as he comes in and we believe in him and we trust in him and give our lives to him, then we are in a different kingdom and we start walking for the Lord. We start working for the Lord. And what does he say here? He says that you are now a child of God. So the Father is lavishing his love on you because you are a child of God. You're in the kingdom of light. And so you're in fellowship with the Father and you have got you have got a relationship where we can ask your Father for anything. You can walk with Him. You can ask for anything in Jesus' name. You are in fellowship with Him and you can ask Him for what you need. Whatever it is you need, ask Him. However small it is, however large it is, it doesn't matter. Ask God for what you need 
Our God is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides. He's the God of abundance. As he says here in this prayer in Ephesians, in chapter 3, he says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask, think, hope, pray, or imagine. So God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you're asking. Sometimes our asking is just so small. Sometimes, oh Lord, I, I just need this little thing, or I just need something small in my life. Okay, that's fine. But what about making a big prayer? What about making a, a, a big demand on heaven? What about making a big demand and say, Lord, these are the big things. These are the large things that I'm trusting you for. Lord, will you just move in my town? Would you save my town? Would you just save my family? Not only my family, but my neighborhood. Would you come to town and visit my area? Would you visit my nation? Make your prayers large and not just small. I don't know if you do that, but it's time that we do and offer up large prayers, huge prayers, because God can fill those prayers. He can answer those prayers. Listen to what Andrew Murray from South Africa said, is that the church does not realize that, that God rules the world through the prayers of the saints. That's right. Through your prayers, you can make a difference in your world because you have a connection with heaven. Amen. You have a connection with the Father. And so the Father's listening to you and the Bible says His ears are attentive to your prayers. Praise God, He's listening to your prayers. He's listening to you and He wants to answer you with awesome deeds of righteousness. God wants to sweep across this world. We have to remove quite a number of enemies in order for God to move. God wants to do amazing things in your community. He wants to do amazing things in your family. And we have to get the enemy out of the way so that God can move in in His grace and His power. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think it's verse 4. It says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Now we live in a nation today where many people don't believe in God. We live in a nation where many people say, I don't believe in God at all. So they are blinded, thinking that they're okay, even though they're heading for a cliff. You know, we need to share the gospel with them, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. Share the good news of the gospel, which is Christ died on the cross to redeem us and to save us and bring us into fellowship with the Father. So you've got a connection with heaven. You've got a relationship with the Father. Your Father owns everything. The Bible says He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It says all the silver and gold is His. Why don't you ask Him for some of those things and say, Lord, I, I, my vision has just been too small. Lord, uh, your, your Word says that my, my people perish for a lack of vision. So Lord, give me a large vision for my life. Give me a large vision for my ministry. Give me a large vision for my church, for my town, for my community. Lord, you know, the, the Bible says, I love what Lou Engel says, big God and small devil. You know, God is abundant. God's resources are unlimited. Heaven is unlimited. That's why Jesus said, you know, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. Well, what is going on in heaven 
is there is an abundance. The Bible says there are streets of gold. It says that, you know, there, there are beautiful things in heaven, beautiful mansions. You know, God has got an abundance and he wants to get some of those things down to earth and through the prayers of the saints, we bring those things down, bring those things down and pray in Jesus' name that God will break through and give you a, a massive breakthrough in your life. That he will remove all smallness and he will remove all deadness in our lives. That's why he says to the church, he says, arise and shine with the glory of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 16. He says, arise and shine with the glory of the Lord. That's right. We, we, we don't want to stay, uh, as Jesus said, put your, put your light under a bushel or, or hide your light behind a sofa where nobody can see it. He says, I want you to shine your light to the world. I want people to see my light. I want you to, uh, them to see your good deeds. I want them to see your kindness. I want them to see that you went the extra mile. I want you to shine and I want you to arise. That is, arise from our slumber as the church. Arise and shine with the glory of the Lord. That's what he says. For there's thick darkness over the people and great darkness is over the people. But the glory of the Lord rises upon the church. The glory of God is rising upon you to be a spark to be a light, to bring blessing into your community, bring blessing into your, your workplace, bring blessing into your schools, bring blessing into your neighborhood. Let the light, the spark of Jesus shine and start lighting some fires through the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing people's lives change and a light bulb moment going on in their minds where that blindness is taken off them. And suddenly they're starting to see Jesus because they're seeing Jesus in you and in your life. So what does he say here in Isaiah 60? He says, arise and shine. That's what God wants us to do. Arise and shine with the glory of the Lord. The, 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 the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain is that God wants to do a great thing in these last days through the church. God wants to do a great thing through your life and through your ministry. He wants to use you powerfully. He wants to anoint you in an, in an extravagant way as God anointed Jesus in an extravagant way. And he went around doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed with the devil. So I want to ask you this morning, have, have you limited your life? Have you limited your ministry? I know as a, as a young Christian, I limited my ministry to just a few things all I felt I could do was pr prayer and evangelism. And uh, I was involved in those things. But th this man of God spoke to me and said, don't just limit yourself. Uh, uh, God wants to use you in other areas. Maybe you've limited yourself and, and maybe God is going to use you in other areas that you've been used in this way and that way. But maybe God will use you in a word of knowledge or prophecy or he'll use you in evangelism or teaching or encouraging. Or many manifold ways is that God can use your gift and use your ministry and use your personality. If you are a clean vessel, God is going to use you in manifold ways. And so get ready for the, the new things that God is going to do. Behold, I do a new thing. It, does, it springs up. Do you not see that I'm doing a new thing? And so there may be some fresh things. Because sometimes we get stale in our Christian lives. And we have to constantly ask the Holy Spirit to refresh us. You know, I don't know if you've seen a, a plant that's been sitting out 
in the sun, scorching in the sun all day. Maybe it's been scorched for two or three days, sitting out in the sun. And you just look at it, it's wilting, it's tired, you know. And, and, and you just realize the plant is beginning to die. And what does it need? It needs water. And so you go over to it with a watering can, you pour the water in, and you see nothing much happen. You soak the, the soil that the plant is in. And you come back an hour or two later, and suddenly the plant has just sprung up again with new life because it's received the water, which is what gives it the life and vitality. And friends, we need the, the, the water of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit to refresh us. And he says in Psalm 85, verse 6 and 7, he says here, you know, Will you not revive me again, O God? Maybe we need to ask God to refresh us and revive us and renew us and, and say, Come, Holy Spirit, and, and revive the church in this nation. Come, Holy Spirit, and quicken us and empower us so that we will be strong to do the work of the Lord. Ask the Lord to refresh you today. Ask the Lord to anoint you, as the Bible says, I will be anointed with fresh oil. You know, we don't want to be running our cars on black, old oil that has lost its viscosity, it's lost its life, it's lost its vitality. We want to receive fresh oil from heaven, and there's fresh oil from heaven coming for those who come into the presence of the Lord. Refreshing and encouragement and an uplifting spirit so that the joy of the Lord can be your strength. So friends, we have to enter into these things. We have to press into them. We have to say, Lord, I do want more of your presence. I need you to refresh me today. Holy Spirit, come and refresh me as I am a child of God. Lord, I need renewal. I need refreshing. Lord, would you quicken me and give me the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to do a new thing in your life. He wants to empower you with the freshness of the Holy Spirit. And praise God, He can revive us. Praise God, He can renew us. Praise God, He can refresh us. And I think it's Acts chapter 4. It says, when there's a time of, rep of repentance, then God brings a time of refreshing. Maybe we need to repent of some things. Maybe we need to turn away from some things, some discouragement, turn away from fear, turn away from, from things that are pulling us down, turn away from those things, repent of anything that is, that is not supposed to be in our lives. Lord, please forgive me for this, forgive me for that. Lord, I repent of these things. Lord, bring refreshing into my life. Praise God, the Holy Spirit brings refreshing. He wants to renew you and quicken you with the Holy Spirit. So make that your prayer today. Say, Lord, refresh me. I want to be like that plant that just received the fresh water. Lord, I want to receive fresh oil from heaven. I want to receive a fresh anointing, a fresh encouragement, a fresh vision of who Jesus is, and, and a fresh vision for your life and ministry. God has got great things in store for the church got great things in store for us and we must press into them. God has got an abundance for the church and we have to enter into them and say, Lord, I need you, Father. I need you in my life. Lord, I cannot do this alone. As John 15 says, you know, you can do nothing on your own. We need the Father. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus praying for us, friends. We need to be strengthened and we need to strengthen others. You know, that is our part of our ministry is to strengthen the church, encourage the church, 
and inspire the church, refresh others. He who refreshes others will be refreshed himself. As you minister to others, God will minister to you. As you bless others, God will bless you. That's how it works. You know, the Dead Sea is dead because it's only got an inlet and no outlet. We need to be like the Sea of Galilee. It's got an inlet and an outlet. May God cause us to be refreshing people and refresh others. So let us ask the Lord to do that this morning. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. You are the God of refreshing. You said in Psalm 85, verse 6, Lord, that you will uh, bring times of refreshing. Lord, that you will, will you not revive us again? Oh God, we just pray for that you will revive us. You will refresh us. Lord, we just are hungry for the Holy Spirit. We're hungry for the Word of God. Father, we're hungry for your presence. Father, we just thank you for your hand upon our families. We just thank you that you love us. We just thank you, Father, that you come to renew our strength, Lord. As we were singing this morning, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Father, we wait upon you this morning and we seek your face, Lord. And Father, we pray that, Lord, you will renew your people, Lord, that we will arise and shine with the glory of the Lord. Father, would you just refresh your people today? Lord, all who are listening, refresh them in the name of Jesus. Lord, will you renew our strength, Lord? May our batteries be recharged by the power of your presence, by the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you that you can answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness. You can answer us with your power. Father, we ask you to bless our families today. We ask you to bless our neighborhoods. We ask you to visit our towns and cities. Oh, Father, would you have mercy upon us? Lord, we pray like uh, that man prayed in the Bible, Son of David. Lord, blind Bartimaeus, he prayed, Son of David, would you have mercy on me? Oh, Father, we pray you will have mercy on us today. Father, if there's anyone listening that doesn't know your love, that, Father, you'll touch them today and open their eyes so that they can see Jesus and how much he loves them, Father. I just thank you, Lord, that you're with us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. Praise God for his goodness towards the sons of men. Amen. We thank God for his presence. We thank God for his love. We thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God for what he's doing and what he is going to do in your life. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So I just bless you today. I pray you'll have an abundant week. Uh, blessed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he'll open your eyes to see how much good things, how many good things he has in store for you. So I just thank you for your prayers. Continue to pray for us. God bless you. Enrich you in every way. I just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.